0: is happening my friends my name is austin with ftm alerts and boy do we have a doozer for you today guys it is my great pleasure to be sitting down with michael kong john morris sam harcourt and simone pomposi from the phantom foundation gentlemen thank you much uh, so much for being here today so uh, we have, gosh, I think we have like 25, 26 uh, community submitted questions, which was like out of a, a hundred, right? We had a ton, I kind of had to weed through there and get out the duplicates and everything. And uh, so maybe before we start, if possible, can we do a little round robin intro just for anyone that's not familiar with who you guys are? Maybe we can start with you, Michael.
1: Yeah, hey everyone, I'm CEO of Phantom and it's the middle of the night here. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here to talk to you guys, so it's not a problem at all. I, I can hear
2: that like dripping with uh, sarcasm, but hi guys, I'm John Morris, I'm head of the US for Phantom, I'll pass it on to my boys.
3: Nice, uh, hi guys, I'm Sam, a core cool team member here, uh, working on the business development side and, and just supporting.
4: And hi everyone, I'm Simone, uh, CMO of Phantom. And uh, yeah, happy to be here as usual and uh, also we have a great time, so it's going to be amazing.
0: That's right. All right. Thanks, guys. And John, I got to say, man, your internet connection today is... Amazing. One of right? the best I've ever seen you show up with. I don't know what happened, I but... i just so sick of getting shit from Sam and from
2: uh, the connection, man. I just had to do something about it. <laughs> uh, all wonderful. right.
3: Austin, um, there's an NFT out there that says, you know, it's blurry John Morris. Uh, just <laughs> 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 so, whoever did that, asleep, that, that, that you have you
0: tears. Jay, I'm getting on it man yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it I love it all right so we have some questions and and for you guys uh John Mike uh Simone and Sam you guys can probably see the chat going by on the side of your screen if you do see any uh community questions that pop up there that you want to address just let me know what they are I'll go grab them I'll throw them up on the screen and we can we can chat about them um mm-hmm. These are not directed necessarily to any uh, one of you guys, so whoever wants to jump in and handle this, perfectly fine. Let's start with a question from Jeffrey, which says, what was the purpose and motivation behind the change to the incentive program and will the foundation plan for additional means to encourage starting projects? Who wants it?
3: I'll I'll jump on it. Um, just just a quick. Uh, it's diversification at the end of the day. Um, you know the the value, well, the dollar value. Phantom. Since it was announced. um, so we figured why not more and more protocols and more. People. So we get to diversify the amount of protocols that we can help in the Phantom network and encourage even more um, growth. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. You broke up a little bit there, Sam. Did he break up for you guys too, or was that just he, my, he on my news? Made me smile on the inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> John's trolling you, Sam. You're getting trolled yeah, on. on... Man. So, you know,
2: just like <laughs> Sam was saying, I'll just jump in and say exactly. I think the reason for it was just great success to the program. We just had a broadened reach, just to make sure it wasn't like isolated to just you know too few actors.
0: Okay. I, I do, I do see where there may have been some, you know, because math was involved in the new cri- in the new criteria for for the incentive program. Could somebody kind of clarify a little bit what those requirements are exactly, um, just so that new projects that are coming in
3: know what they're what they're up for? Yeah, I've actually done a small um, spreadsheet on on Google Sheets, and Simone, maybe we can link this into the um, the the announcement so people can just click on it. And um, all you have to do is change the the, the price of Phantom the spot price. Um, so, basically, the target is to have the reward, um, you know, 5% of the value of the TVO uh, requirement. So, to get that, um, say, I think the lowest tier right now is about 500k phantom. Um, so, you get the price of phantom, which today, I think, is around a dollar Um, And then, so, the value of that would be around uh, 750,000 uh, US, uh, or 750,000 US. And then, so, you would times that by 20, um, giving you the target of, of the 5% TVO Oh, so there's um, there's a small spreadsheet that we share around and and I'm happy to, to link that so it's available for everyone to make it easy.
0: Excellent. And uh, if you guys want to, if you want to put that in our private chat, I can go ahead and drop it in the chat for people if they want to see it.
3: Sure, yeah, of And the idea and, and, and yeah, behind that was to, to move, um, so as the value, of, um, it was to make it more dynamic. So as the value of um, Phantom either increased or decreased, uh, the requirements would uh, coincide with that.
4: Yeah, and it's also to actually Sort of motivate uh, projects to, um, to to increase their, their TVL somehow because we saw that five million TVL is actually quite easy to reach and also quite easy to gain in a way, right? So that's definitely something that we don't uh, do. We don't want. Uh, we want healthy and healthy ecosystem, healthy projects, and projects actually don't want to stop at the minimum and actually increase not so much to get more awards, rather to you know to. to make it better for the users, make it better for the whole ecosystem.
0: Beautiful. All right. So I just, uh, let's see, I just dropped that link over in, uh, hopefully it's showing up for your comments there, guys. All right. So next question is in regards to FUSD. So the last time we did a, uh, we did a live stream FUSD was, you know, liquidations were being worked on. And uh, user King Tut says, "Is bringing FUSD to one dollar peg a priority? If so, what are the actionable steps, and how long, how long will it take?" Man, that is a that's a loaded question there. But who wants that one?
1: Yeah, so I can kind of answer Um I kind of discussed with um, Andre and a few others, and I think we might want to retire the FUSD that is being um, issued from. Um, um, or that was originally issued from the foundation. So what we're doing is just finalizing the liquidation model, um, which is very similar to um, uh, to DAI, and then people can like pay back the debt. And we won't, really won't add too much functionality to that because there are a few other projects that may do their own um, FUSD equivalent stable coins on Phantom. And it's better that the community run kind of applications on the network uh, rather than the foundation. So I think, um, one of the uh, kind of slide pivots um, that we're going to be doing is not really focusing on building any sorts of like applications anymore. So, for example, like not, not continuing to develop RTN and leaving that to the community um, uh, going forward soon, having someone else take over RTN, same thing with FUSD, and really focus on um, underlying technology development. So to do with the core development, the middleware development, we're dramatically expanding the teams, those two teams, Um, on both fronts to really deliver things like new virtual machine, new storage, um, uh, read and write um, uh, data structures to replace the Merkle Patricia try and also like uh, continuous improvements to core consensus and then focus more on tooling um, to make it as easy as possible for developers to deploy onto Phantom and to attract as many developers as possible. So I think one of the lessons we learned was that it's not really good to kind of build applications that we think are were kind of like lack, lacking the space at, at a particular point in time um on phantom because a, as i've i i've got a lot of feedback say with our team that it, it kind of discouraged a lot of development on phantom because people were not willing to create marketplaces to compete against something that was zero fee that was basically funded by a foundation that people know has money um etc and so we don't want to be like an active player trying to compete against the people in our own ecosystem. We want to be uh someone who's very supportive of, of 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 people in the ecosystem to be as neutral as possible, which is why the incentive program isn't based on any like, or isn't really much based on subjective viewpoints from the foundation, but more based on like hard numbers that people can calculate and to really just continue building out the underlying technologies becomes more scalable and more secure. So I think that's something that's really important that should be mentioned.
2: Yeah, And if I could chip into Austin on the same point, I mean, just to underscore what Mike's saying. Like I think all these protocols that folks are building at, you know, different chains as well. There's just been a rapid commoditization of all these different things, and we no longer need the foundation to really be focusing on this. Like, as Mike was saying, the key differentiator is really going to to lay lie rather with the the consensus protocol, right? It's going to be at that middleware layer. So that's really where we want to, you know, kind of place our bet.
0: Wonderful, and I, I I completely feel where you guys are coming from, man, with the development of applications and and you know better using developer developer resources elsewhere. Uh, just to go back on the FUSD thing, because I know that Michael, your answer to that probably caused a few people to go, you know, WTF, and the Telegram. Could would you mind explaining what's actually going to happen with FUSD a little bit a little bit more, so that because there are significant <coughs> holders of that particular token, and I know they're probably going to want some more
1: information on that. Yeah, so basically, you'll be able to. um, So liquidations, um, auctions of liquidations help like stabilize, uh, basically FUSD, and so FUSD will continue to exist, and you'll be able to use it. Um, Or you know, you can pay back the debt. And from from some of the analysis that's taken place, it seems like apparently the debt position is not underwater, so people would be able to repay, um, you know, the FUSD to get the FTM, and then be able to use the FTM for other things. That's sort of like the idea um, at the moment um, is to really let FUSD like be community run and rather than like um, the the foundation issuing a stable coin um, or the foundation building like an NFT marketplace like RTN or other applications in space. um, I did see um, just a separate topic. One person asked about FNS. Yes, there is an FNS application um, going out it's already been done on testnet. We just need to get the design a bit better uh, before we push it out there, but it will always be FNS functionality. And for example, building applications like FNS, I think it's a good idea was a more of a tool. They're not really like a product that competes competes against anybody. They're a tool that all developers can use to kind of um, uh, use FNS in the same way that ENS works on on Ethereum.
0: And by FNS, you mean phantom name service, like a- Yeah, domain phantom, domain
1: phantom name service. Yeah, basically domain okay. service. Exactly. Is it, it, it works exactly like ENS, really. Okay. Wonderful.
0: All right. So did I did I miss anything on this one? Does
3: anyone else want to chime in on the FUSD front or RT or anything like that?
4: Okay. Oh, just
3: just uh, that spreadsheet uh, probably wasn't too good to share it because uh, people just destroyed it. I forgot to change the um, the settings to, to, edit only, uh, to view only. And <laughs> I checked it. And everything was just wiped and people just writing random stuff. And <laughs> oh, my God. It. And, and then you can't uh, edit.
0: Okay, uh, guys, quit breaking everything. Jeez. (laughs) All right. All right. Sorry about that, Sam. 10 hours of work down the drain, man. I didn't mean to do it. All right. So so the next one is from Aiden. Uh, What are or what is the biggest challenge that you're facing every day to promote Phantoms technology? Oh, man, I wish I had an app that would do cricket. <laughs> somebody, and I just
1: to, yeah, I did you want to take that?
4: It. Sure. Yes. Uh, so what is the biggest challenges that you're facing every day to promote phantom technology? Let me think about it for a second. Um, well, I, I would say that the biggest challenge, well, of course, I, I think this is common for everyone, and it's, of course, uh, the token price. And no matter what, you know, no matter what, we do as um, you know as the foundation, but also it's not just us, right? I I could say this for literally pretty much every other project in the you know, blockchain space that you know everything is unfortunately uh, linked to the to the price of the token. So price goes up, things go well. Price goes down, then you know suddenly everything uh, you know goes in the wrong direction. So nothing changes fundamentally. We keep doing the work. We keep. Uh, promoting the same way that we that we uh, always done but unfortunately it's perceived in a different way and well there's not much that we can we can do to fix that unfortunately i mean it's it's really nobody's fault it's a human psychology that how it work, how it uh, works um so i would say that it's it's mostly this uh i would I also really need,
3: um... Just to jump in, Simona, um, I'd say the biggest challenge, and I, I think Mike, uh, it's 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 finding developers who are you know just want to get stuck into it all. I mean, um, Mike's always trying to find new guys and smart people to join, join the join the team and, and help build. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge is, is finding uh, the right people. Um, yeah,
2: and I would chip in that you know at least from like my travels and talking to like Web two brands and exchanges and things like this there really is no problem promoting Phantom. And I, I know that doesn't address the question, so I apologize. But frankly, everyone that we speak to is wildly impressed by our success, our speed, and all the other attributes everyone in this community knows about. So it, the story really resonates quite well with, with that group. So there's not necessarily a challenge in terms of promoting it. At least from my
4: experience. That is actually a really good point, John. And uh, yeah, so, so we go back to the perception, right? Unfortunately, the perception that uh, comes off on certain um, channels, let's say, you know, so either social media, you know, it can be Twitter, it can be uh, Telegram groups and so on. It's really not what the reality is, you know, and, you know, we, we have tons of calls every day. I would say, you know, three, four calls every day with different, you know, brands, projects, and, you know, really across, you know, all sorts of um, possible sort of genre. And uh, yeah, as John said, you know they are very well of, uh, of aware of Phantom. They know what we're doing. They've been following uh, the progress, and uh, yeah, they're, they're impressed by by the growth. There, and I would say that actually what most of them bring up because so let's let's be let's be clear. So Phantom is great tech, and but it's not the only one uh, layer one networks that is high performance network. Right, we have we have several other ones. And they're all needed, right? I I repeat this all the time. There's never going to be one chain that rules them all, no matter what, no matter how performant it can be, no matter how uh, the chain itself claims to be, you know, like super duper, you know, high performance. Uh, Say, you know, Solana with, you know, the 50k transaction per second and stuff like that. Uh, Nonetheless, you know, Solana is great, right? And every chain is going to have its own space in this multi-chain ecosystem. However, um, so taking that, you know, all these chains pretty much perform similarly and they're seeing, you know, very similar growth of adoption, what we're hearing a lot, uh, you know, during these calls is actually how the community is different. So the Fanta community uh, compared to other communities in other ecosystems is quite different. So, and Certain projects are quite uh, drawn to Phantom because of the, you know, the unique community. So this is this is quite great to hear, you know. And this is nothing, you know, it's not really related to us directly. You know, we cannot promote the community. So it's 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 very good to hear because it's very organic and very natural.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. Can, so
4: oh,
2: sorry, sorry, Mike. Please go
4: ahead.
1: Yeah, you know, I just wanted to add. Like that being said, I do honestly think, like Phantom technology is better than the competitors that are out there. And I've seen that looking at quite a bit of data in the past couple of weeks. So I think the key play for Phantom in the long run is how do we keep competing against the other layer ones that are out there and how do we um, exceed them? So I've been working uh, very much with the team, like dramatically expanding like the number of core developers we have on the team and also the middleware developers building you know new FEM research and development, also new storage, which is a uh, related to that, but a very, very important component to scalability is being able to do reads and writes a lot faster than currently is the case. The EVM is a big limitation on performance. So what we want to be doing is hiring more developers, hiring high-quality developers, which are kind of hard to find because these are kind of like niche areas of research and development that um, are very highly specialized. So going, for example, through universities, you try and get these um, like research and developers is kind of the aim at the moment. And so what we want to do is to, it's a race, right? Is to basically keep winning the race. And so we have to run faster and longer. And so that's a kind of a primary aim of mine. And that's what I kind of like wanted to emphasize a bit earlier in the answer to, what, to a previous question is that that really is like the game plan here, We're really focusing on the online development. I think Andre and I talk, kind of talked about it at the Android Developer Conference we built from the ground up and i think when we build from the ground up everything else kind of like follow uh falls into place and it, w- and it works out pretty well in the long run because um <laughs> that's sort of the strategy we did from the beginning where we had nothing to where now we have something that works and it's done pretty well for us i mean phantom went from a project that was like nothing dead in the water to a project that now is a serious competitor against other layer ones that are out there that are very very well known so um we're just going to keep competing
2: here, here. Hmm. Right on.
0: Well said. All right, let's keep this party going then. Uh, so the next question comes from uh, user King Tut. We got we chatted about him earlier. So is there a native Phantom Fiat gateway with SDK for DApps available today? And if not, is this a priority?
1: Um, well, we're actually talking to a couple of um, uh, Fiat gateway providers. Uh, to basically uh, plug them into the network. And from what I've seen in the documentation, it's not that complicated to do, but we're definitely working the fear gateways. There's some, you know, potential like legal issues that we had have to look at. That's kind of like delayed it a bit, but like we're definitely um, looking to get that on board very, very soon, I hope. And...
4: So on the website. Yeah, the, the, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> a good, uh, good uh, clarification because there's already one and it's Transact. Transact, you know, offers uh, FTM mainnet support as you know, direct fiat gateway uh, on-ramp with SDK for DApps. So, any DApps that want to integrate Transact, you know, feel free to reach out either to us or to them directly, and uh, you know, it's it's easy. It's already it's there.
0: Beautiful. How do you spell? How do you spell Transact? Is that with
4: a K? It's t. Yes, with a K at the end.
0: Okay. All right. So Transact. If anyone needs an SDK, Fiat Gateway, Transact. Okay. Let's keep this party going. So, uh, find the monkey, which is might be the best username of the day, says, "What does the foundation think about Binance Cloud and the coming exchange from Harry?"
1: Um, well, I, I think it's like definitely, um, you know, <coughs> really, really like important part of the ecosystem. <coughs> um, because you know, a lot of people you know talk about exchanges, when exchanges and what about liquidity for like other tokens and on the Phantom network. Um, well, Harry's like main focus is to provide more liquidity and to get more people onto the Phantom platform by hosting this um, this new exchange on Binance Cloud, which is gonna be, from my understanding, gonna be packed with quite a few features and and uh, d- different announcements coming out as well. Um, like Harry, so uh, the Binance Cloud project is mainly driven by Harry. So Harry is the best one to have, the, he's the one that has the most information about this project. But from my understanding, you know, the aim of it is to basically try and get as many people onto the fandom platform as possible. That, that, that's what it's really about. And um, this is uh, one of the gateways through um, an exchange to do so.
2: Yeah. And if I could add color to what Mike is saying as well, is that just for, you know, the listeners out there too, it's a very long cycled process to get on an exchange. You know Mike and I bang our heads for sometimes six to twelve months to get our you get phantom listed on different exchanges. so this as a tool for the ecosystem would be incredibly powerful so that they can mitigate or we can mitigate for them that entire sort of long ramp to get onto an exchange and they can get capitalized and start doing really great things
0: and just to clear up some confusion around this um, so I have seen everything from well, uh, you know, Phantom is taking over Binance Smart Chain. That was one that I heard the other day, To, I mean, just uh, like somebody DM me and he said, hey, Binance Smart Chain's updating nodes. Do you think this is the Phantom update? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? <laughs> we have nothing to do with that, right? So just to be clear, this is Harry working specifically with his team to bring an exchange, which is going to be denominated in Phantom and Tomb pairs, from my understanding, right, which would be great for the ecosystem because he's going to get some of our, you know, our our phantom blue chips on that exchange uh, but it is not directly coming from the foundation correct
1: yes that's correct so it's basically a new exchange called felix that's been built by like harry's team and also the team at Binance. so it's kind of like a, a joint effort so to speak but this sort of effort is like uh, pr- like pretty much independent from the foundation so you know really appreciate what what harry is doing you know harry's done you know is a huge supporter of the fandom ecosystem and the Phantom network and just the amount of like money and time and effort he's poured into um uh phantom like up to this point has just been like tremendous and so what he's doing the binance cloud project is just another thing in order to help promote you know the phantom ecosystem which is what all of his activities like are for in terms of like the sponsorship for f1 um the sponsorship um e- uh, for the founder, the developer conference and basically hosting it and doing all the logistical logistical work to set it up at at the Emirates Palace, you know that that stuff is not is not easy to do. And so he, he's done it. He's you know he's he's talked a lot and he's delivered on it. And so I I think you know if I had to name like the biggest community supporter out there, I, I, I'd say it's like Harry and his team.
0: Agreed, agreed. All right. So moving on. <clears throat> Lars M says, ooh, sorry to cut your faces off, guys. What additional avenues can be opened between the community and foundation to better serve the success of Phantom? And then he says, can the foundation assist in leading the momentum within the community? So I know it's kind of a, a, a roundabout question. It sounds like he's asking how can, how can the community and the foundation get, get a little more stuck together and, and drive towards the common goal? Any ideas?
3: Well, we kind of mentioned this one um, before, uh, Austin, just when we we're chatting. Uh, we, there is currently uh, the Phantom Community Bridge uh, TG chat where we kind of have a few members of the community we reach out to when they ask us questions and we relay the support. And there are they're multiple TG and, and, and Discord channels and they, they relay a lot of support, but maybe it, um, we need to have more of those. So it's, it's not a bad idea. But at the end of the day, I mean, um, anybody can deploy on the on the Fanta network, you, you don't need the foundation mission. I mean um if you have any ideas that you want to try or run, just, just deploy and go and test and prod. And, and then once you once you've deployed something come to us and say, hey look I've, I've created this. Um, can I have some support? And and generally we do uh, you know, slight marketing support, uh, integration support. Um, so that's that's a big thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I would just gonna say, I absolutely love the question. So thanks to whoever asked it or whomever asked it. Um, you don't have a great answer right off the cuff. Like Sam was intimating, like we've tried to put together some different tools, but generally our approach is also just to be available 24-7, like as evidence from Mike, who should be sleeping. You know, we're glad to jump on calls anytime with anybody. Um, But if anyone has ideas for formalizing a process more so than what Sam described, I, I think we're all ears.
0: So the next question actually kind of plays into this one, uh, and it says, is it possible for the foundation to employ ambassadors that are plugged in at a grassroots level? They can act as an important conduit between Ground Zero and the foundation, in my opinion, almost like an official title. So when we see Phantom Ambassador, we know that that's the community member that's having a monthly meeting with the foundation or something of that nature.
2: Why do I feel like I
0: was just teed up? (laughs)
2: but I would defer to Simone on this because he does such a great job managing the community. I don't know what you think Simone.
4: Yes. I I mean, I haven't, I I need more time to think about an ambassador program um, because it certainly has. So let's say that it's, I'm thinking about, you know, other examples and, and it certainly has its own uh, benefits but also it's not possibly as as decentralized and as organic as we would like so maybe instead of an ambassador program it could be some sort of guilds you know sort of uh, small daos you know without the tokens without you know just groups you know and uh, you know every any of these guilds basically that, uh, you know, does something different from the other one. And it's auto governed and, you know, and and it's just the community for the community. I think that's that's probably much better than than us, you you know, appointing someone an ambassador, meaning also having to keep track of what the person does. Right. Because then we have a responsibility. We hire, say, Austin or, you know, Bob as an ambassador. Then Bob acts maliciously somehow, then we are responsible. So this is, you know, it really adds something to for us that is really not our core business, which is, you know, building the infrastructure and the technology. But certainly, you know, uh, autonomous groups, uh, which I believe, you know, there are already some of them around. So it's just a matter of uh, getting organized with those and, uh, you know, appointing sort of leaders among those groups so that, you know, things go smoothly. But yeah, I think that's that's that could be a good idea.
2: Yeah. Simone, would you agree with the phantom chat that Ariana Grande might be an exception to Let's
4: what go. you're saying? <laughs> Possibly, yes. I mean yeah, <laughs> is you know, an ambassador himself. So that, yeah. that's you know, but it's a different kind of thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So uh, and you know, also like these things are helpful. We could, we could maybe put something together once every six weeks or so where we just hop on and take some community questions. And, you know, I think the distance between the last time we did one of these and today kind of a whole lot happened, you know, between, between then and now. So, all right. The next question is from Ma, and I know this is one we get all the time, but it says when all phantom are in circulation, what happens to staking? Is there an incentive, uh, a share of the gas fee or how is that going to, How's that going to work?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So right now the current model is that, you know, you earn block rewards and you earn fees. So when the block rewards run out, then you'll just earn like the transaction fees, which are actually quite substantial. I think that maybe 20% or so of the total like block rewards, but obviously the block rewards are still a majority of that. I mean, in terms of like, um, you know, rewards to, um, validators going forward, that's something that we're discussing internally as to like what sort of model we want to kind of propose to the community and also what sort of model the validators themselves, you know, want to be seeing um, because we have a lot of discussions with all the validators and the validators are the ones that, you know, are the, are, are the ones that are staking, are the, are the ones that are running those themselves. So we're we're having those discussions right now. All right. I love it.
0: So the next question uh, has to do with the NFT space on Phantom. We actually have a like massive NFT space. Um, mm-hmm. A big shout out to the Tomb Heads auction house. Those guys have been just like keeping keeping the buzz going uh, over there. That's a, that's a Discord server uh, on, you know, if you guys haven't checked it out. But this one says, is there a criteria for which NFT artists the foundation chooses to support? And, you know, before we get into that, I want to say like for me personally, I don't you know, there's so many new NFT projects coming onto to Phantom, and I am not educated enough to decipher who's who and who's going to be the good ones and how, you know, what kind of criteria we have. So for me personally, I've just chosen to kind of leave the NFTs to some of the other accounts. But um, is there a criteria specifically for NFT artists to get some foundational support? And I think, I think they, they saw some other ones get some tweets and they're like, hey, what about us? You know,
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much what you said, right? So there are there are so many NFT projects and it, it's very hard for us to keep track of them and not just NFT projects. It really goes, you know, across the board. Uh, right now we have, you know, hundreds of, of projects, you know, DeFi and, you know, NFT and so on. Uh, so I would say it's, uh, the criteria is really, you know, the team reaching out directly to us and, you know, like commenting on Twitter or, you know, tweeting something is not a good way of doing that. So reach out, reach out to us directly on uh, on Telegram, and uh, and then you know let's have, let's have a conversation. Let's see, you know what the project is, the the team behind it. Um, yeah, and and I would say that's that's pretty much it. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. All right. So just just to recap that, if you're an NFT project building on Phantom and you're doing something cool and unique and you feel you you should garner some foundational support, reach out directly. I don't think they're purposely excluding you. It's just that there's a ton of stuff happening. Okay. so the next uh, question, you
4: know, you mentioned something really good, you know, and this reminds me of. uh, for example, Grim, right? That I forgot, you know, to mention so many times in the past. And that, you know, and you know, uh, hi, <laughs> Grim Finance team, fantastic job. And it's really not a a a decision, right? It's really that, as I said, it's so many projects that you know, some sometimes, you know, some of them they just slip through the cracks. So yeah, just you know, don't be shy, reach out to us directly. You know, as as John said, we're always. Uh, open on telegram you know we we answer uh to every every dm that we get so yeah
0: would it be you know i know all of you guys are wearing kind of a lot of hats and because your faces are and names are the ones here you're going to be the ones that people want to reach out to would it be possible to you know just because of the size of the nft space would it be possible to know like who is the go to person for for new nft projects if they want to reach out to the foundation that's maybe not wearing 20 hats already
3: john are you uh, are you trying to talk yeah. For the moment, you could just email either gaming at phantom or info at phantom.foundation, and that will hit everyone. So, um, if you if you email one of these chains, you know it's going to go in <laughs> everybody's uh, mailbox. So, you, you'll get some uh, you get some eyes.
0: Okay, nailed it. Beautiful. So, uh, the next question is similar to one we had earlier. It says, "What does the foundation? Where does the foundation struggle?" the most? What areas of day-to-day operations prove to be the most challenging?
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I kind of feel I feel like each of us would give a, give a different answer here, but from my perspective, um, it's like trying to hire more high-quality developers, particularly in the core and the middleware side of things, because they're very hard to find, and I spent a lot of time looking for them, and we've I would say we've been uh, like somewhat successful at the moment. Um, definitely, like the contacts at the university have been helping out <clears throat> um, quite a lot, so it might not be a, uh, too much of a big issue in the end. But that's something that I've like tried to. I've struggled. I've struggled with, and I feel like development um, could have been so. Like the developers that are working at the moment, you know, they've done absolutely like amazing job. I mean, they're the ones that you know have delivered the platform that you know, has been used by like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people now. So that's like a big achievement. Um, But I feel like, you know, they're, they're kind of like overworked and they have a lot of tasks that they want to be working on and ideas they want to be working on that, you know, they simply don't have the time and the bandwidth to do. So I feel like if we hired a few more developers a bit early. We would be a bit more ahead in the, in the development. Um, But um, I'm, I'm working on getting more developers on board and we've we've got a few more that are, have joined us recently, a few more joining us a bit more in the future, but that's something that has been actually quite a struggle for a few months now.
2: I would just chip in from my point of view. It's it's different than what Mike talked about because I don't speak with the developers very much. But from my point of view, it's sort of the classical challenge of just scaling. You know, we've kind of grown at just like a, a absolute like breakneck pace. And now we have an awful lot of inbounds that come in every single day from as Simone was kind of intimating all different genres or all different use cases, uh, trying to understand how Phantom could fit with their business. So that's just sort of the classic challenge that we're figuring sort of the cross the chasm type stuff.
0: Okay. Let's see here. So the next one uh, talks about marketing so does the foundation this is actually a good one we should probably dig into so does the foundation do any traditional marking sorry john i'm leaving you up on the screen uh any traditional marking like other layer ones if if so can you share with us some of the avenues most used any pr firms involved who wants that one
4: and I um, yes of course we do use a pr firm we've been using a pr firm since oh, i would say year and a half or something like that. And, uh, and you know, just Google Phantom and you're gonna see the results. So we have tons of placements, tons of, uh, the, we did a lot of uh, SEO work. So, you know, keyword op- optimization and stuff like that, specifically uh, with, you know, again, article third-party placements. And, um, and yeah, we, we, we do have a PR firm actually we're working on some cool stuff with uh, with them, you know, food post- podcasts, interviews for, uh, for Michael, and uh, interviews, and then you know, of course, the usual announcement and uh, news coverage. Yeah.
2: And I was just going to say too, because I mean, one, I know sometimes Simone gets shit out there for you know not doing enough on the marketing side. I can just tell everybody this guy goes twenty four seven. Like honestly, he is the most impressive guy. Uh, including the other two gentlemen on the call that I've worked with in terms of consistency and sort of getting the message out there. But I'm going to channel my inner Mike Kong for a second too and just say like, if we do marketing just like everyone else is doing, how do we get to different results than all the other layer one chains? Like Mike was you know, implying, like this is sort of a race. We have to figure out differentiation. So just kind of going the same PR firms and going down those same paths aren't necessarily going to lead to a better result. And I think, you know, sort of our ethos and our approach has always been like, just put good stuff out there. And that, you know, on its own is sort of its own marketing um, product or artifact. I, I don't know if the team agrees with that, but that's kind of how I see it.
0: Okay. I love it. I love it. So uh, I can confirm just as somebody who, you know, talks to Simone fairly regularly. I know the guy is like, he's like a duck, you know, the feet are just paddling real hard under the water and he's smooth <laughs> up top, man. That's, that's Simone, if I, had to, if I had to sum him up. But I mean, am I right in saying that, you know, with like you had mentioned inbound inquiries the other day and all these other things that the the community is not going to see on Twitter. It's not something that's going to be laid out in a spreadsheet and shared with everyone that, you know, he spent 10 minutes here doing this and 15 minutes here doing this. And blah blah. blah. And he didn't take lunch today. He's marketing, marketing. You know, Uh, is there, like, am I right in saying that? Does anyone want to chip in on going on behind the scenes that people just are really not aware of?
1: Oh yeah, a a lot is definitely happening behind the scenes that you know people don't necessarily see. I mean, yeah, a lot of people like you know say a lot of things to Simone and others, um, depending on on like. Uh, direction of the price um but i can personally tell you that simone is like always like there and he does a lot of you know not just like marketing and pr work and um you know putting out the tweets and the messaging but also working um you know on the design and getting um and then organizing designers and managing a lot of people as well so um i think the direction we've got going at the moment is Kind of, kind of the right one to kind of promote the ecosystem while we continue to do, you know, the core development. And I think that sort of strategy, which is a bit of a, like a medium to long-term strategy is the one that will work in the end. And the only strategy that Andre and I believe is is the one that will work because it is exactly the same strategy we've been doing from the very beginning. And it's, and, and it's worked out pretty well so far, um, how we've come. So I think we keep continuing with that strategy um, and learn to so learn lessons from a few mistakes that we made along the way, um, and redouble our efforts. Then I think things will be okay in the end.
4: Yeah, and when it comes to marketing, actually, uh, I would like to point out one thing. Uh, it's very sim- It's a very simple scapegoat, right? When things don't go as uh, someone set their expectations for whatever, anything, right? Uh, then you know it's it's marketing fault, but. Unfortunately, it's not like that. You know, I, I suggest you guys, I mean, you guys have, you know, in the community to also go check the other communities because you're going to see exactly the same complaints, right? You're going to see in any, any other projects, you know, with the exception of Bitcoin and Ethereum. So you go from number three down and you're going to see complaints about marketing. So my question is actually, what do you mean when, you know, lack of marketing? What does that mean? How do you measure that? Because we do have internally ways of measuring that. And I'm telling you that the data that we have, it's actually, it tells a very different story. It's, you know, I can show you the, you know, a bunch of uh, Google console reports where all the, the data since the beginning of the year is going up and to the right. So that tells me with the data, not just, you know, assumption, that what we're doing, marketing-wise, tech-wise, community-wise, and so on, is actually doing, you know, doing its actual work and it's working properly. So, mm-hmm. however, we're very we're a very open team. So anyone that has any concrete, idea, and practical idea on how to improve marketing or anything else, you know, if there's any technical improvements that we should take uh, into consideration, then please reach out to us. But just saying, you know, dev do something when marketing and stuff like that is, you know, it's really, it's meaningless. So you can actually, you know, that.
2: <laughs> I, 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 say, I think the real question we need to ask ourselves is when will we see the Simone duck meme really? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's what I'd like us all to focus on. But
0: um, yeah, that's me. Awesome. And you know, when, when, that, when the market does do its little turnaround, I am definitely gonna troll everyone on Twitter to talk about how great Simone is marketing doing that particular day. All right, let's keep going. Um, so the next question is, we, we touched on Arteon earlier. Um, and so I just wanna go back to it just for a second. So Arteon had an admittedly less than perfect launch with some bugs, et cetera. What's happening with Arteon? Is there still a version two in the works?
1: Yeah, so just going about RTN, this is one of the lessons that I think we already learned as uh, learners foundation, not just in terms of like the development of RTN, but also in terms of like <clears throat> um, the actual idea behind it. So I think in terms of development, um, unfortunately, I hired the wrong developers, I just said that plainly, who didn't build what I expected them to build. And so that was um, a lack of oversight on my part, which kind of led to, um, you know trying to scramble to put something out there that um you know had a number of issues that it did so in terms of like version two Yacom and his team have been working on it they have a version two the code base is all on um, uh, totally open source it's all written in like um uh, graph it's written in graphqL and a golang backend etc it's all rebuilt and so the few things that we have left is, well, actually, the only thing we have left apart from just testing is making sure that it works with a version two of the auction contract where um, basically the, con- um, the the NFT that's been auctioned off will go into escrow. So a lot of the issues that were caused from auctions were because the NFT that was uh, placed up for auction by the seller wasn't going into escrow, which was a mistake. So that's going to be put into escrow now um, when someone auctions off an NFT. And so we're just integrating with the latest um, auction version two contract, and then we'll switch from version one to version two. Add a couple more features like being able to um, uh, create um, collections from one one five five seven two ones two nine eight ones, as well as a few other features um, um, out there. And then um, hopefully another team will be able to take over our team and we we'll leave it uh, as an open source product. And you know, separate from like the development, like a lesson learned is I think it was a mistake for us to try and build um, applications in in the ecosystem that we thought were kind of like lacking, which is what we thought uh, basically earlier in the year. And that basically um, had like a chilling effect on terms of development on our platform because I got a lot of feedback from a lot of developers and developers from other chains that the reason why they weren't like uh, developing more on Phantom in terms of like the marketplace was simply because... They didn't feel like there was any benefit in trying to compete against RTN that was backed by the foundation that had all the foundation resources behind itself, and that was zero fee. So we definitely like learned that lesson, not to compete on applications, but to compete against other layer ones on the underlying technology and and building tool chains and trying to support as much growth on the fandom ecosystem as possible. So there are like a few lessons learned from RTN I just wanted to mention. Anyone else want to jump in there? Should we move on? Let's move yeah, on.
0: It's covered it. All right, wonderful. So Trogador says, "Any updates on the Phantom virtual machine development?" I think there's is actually a huge question. Could we also talk slightly about what the FVM actually is and like what that's going to change about the Phantom <laughs> network?
1: Yeah. So I think. I don't, I, I don't want to just talk about like FEM because it's, it's more than just the FEM. Um, so just, just a bit of like history. So when we started working with the University of Sydney back about three years ago, you know, the initial thoughts were that we, we basically just need to build out a new like um, virtual machine, right? And the virtual machine needs to be a big improvement on the EVM because of a lot of limitations of the EVM. So that means that for example, we're like having a register-based machine rather than um, a stack-based machine that means like having things like super instruction sets and a lot of other um, features to a virtual machine that you know are very technical, and I won't kind of go into all the details. Um, but based on a lot of the research that I've done, and all of the research is complete, so we we know it's that this is the, the the truth, like theoretically and also based empirically by studying like virtually all of the smart contracts on Ethereum and also someone Phantom, is that the biggest issue in terms of scalability, you know, is not so much um, the execution of virtual machine instructions is actually that's probably only a small part of it, maybe five or ten percent. The the biggest reason why the EVM is slow for us and every single other EVM based chain is because of the way that reads and writes are done um, from the EVM to to the chain in order to run virtual machine instructions. <laughs> so the way that data is read and um, and is read and written. Um, is like read to the chain and, and, and written, uh, read from the chain and written to the chain, <clears throat> is that um, it goes through a data structure with the mo- local petition try. And essentially what this data structure does is that it's like a tree, um, but it gets progressively slower as the chain gets longer. And so you have to do more and more steps in the reading or writing process um to uh to, to be able to execute particular instructions. And the more of these like what we call S load and s store um opcode operations that executed per smart uh, smart contract the slower actually the evm execution will be so what what the guys are currently working on because the research has been done is actually building out that solution that uses an 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 alternative um data structure um basically a flat story structure that um basically has um uh a pseudo what we call like pseudo constant time um, accessibility in terms of like reads and writes, and so that requires a, a re- reworking of the way like GEF operates. Um, so we have to use a modified version of GEF, and essentially it'll be replacing the MBT with like a flat door uh, story structure, and, and and saving the uh, cryptographic um, signatures in a different manner. Um, that that's essentially what like the plan is right now is to engineer that solution that Yakima's team and a few other developers will be working on, as well as implement, um, what's known as like the storage replica um, data structure, I think I mentioned before in previous calls. At the same time, the university is doing research on two different (coughs) register-based virtual machines um, that are taking in um, a lot of data from the Ethereum network, decompiling it and executing it against the virtual machine, and kind of building design based around like empirical analysis. And so that, Virtual machine will have uh, a range of benefits, as I mentioned before. One of the biggest benefits, as well, is it is, is able to compress bytecode on chain by by several orders of, of magnitude, which would um, uh, definitely like shrink the size of the chain. Was most of the chain data is to do with uh, bytecode, and also um, have and, and it will also be have an interpreter and a compiler, which is like solidity compatible. So, from the developer's point of view. They'll be able to write Solidity and deploy it, um, but deploy it using a new compiler, but follow basically, you know, like your you compile instructions and your deploy instructions pretty much the same way as, say, like Sol C works. Um, so, from the developer's point of view, it, 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 there, there's not much like learning that a developer would have to do because they're still coding Solidity and deploying Solidity, but the underlying technology on the underlying bytecode will be very different. Um, and also, a backward compatibility is an issue we're thinking about so we're thinking about the different ideas and how to do it i like to switch from like you know past a certain you know past a certain block it's all like new middleware stuff previous blocks is um you know the old middleware stuff so it might be the case as with ethereum that you've got to like a node for example has run some extra software which is you know uh, uh, one of one of the negatives but um so i think that the positives dramatically outweigh you know um the sort of negatives um, that come with um, uh, using a different middleware stack. And,
2: and Mike, is it worth mentioning sort of the, uh, you mentioned like orders of magnitude gain that the university is looking at, like sort of the potential, you know, sort of gains associated with that. Well, uh, well
1: I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. you've got like the the trouble here is that you've got like the, the theoretical, like and, and the empirical research to be done and what actually happens on chain, right? So I don't want to make promises and say, oh, we're definitely going to get like tons of improvement of like this percentage or that percentage. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to say is that it should definitely be better. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how it's going to run. Well, actually, like I have quite a good idea how it would run on chain, but I don't want to make any promises until we've actually like done like the testing. I I think like for example, the test net, which is like still probably like a few months away. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, the, the research you know, and some of it's been published, and some of it um, is is waiting to be published as well. I I think shows that the technical solutions we've got are kind of like on the right track. So, does any developers in the community that want to work on this sort of very technical middleware? Like, if if you're like very familiar with virtual machines, or like the way that data bases work or data structures work, those are the sorts of people that we're trying to like hire at the moment to work on these like very complicated tasks.
2: That's awesome, Mike. Thanks. And I was going to say, Simone, is that paper from the university on the website? I should I should know this myself.
4: Yes, it's in the yeah, absolutely yes. Perfect. It's under the research papers. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Cool. cool. Thanks, guys. So well, a lot of the research isn't isn't published, by the way. So that that kind of stuff that's out there is actually like a little bit outdated already.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but I, I but I can't publish. I, I can't like release the papers or like many details about it um, until it's like published. Yeah. understood.
0: Am I, am I right to assume just, you know, from your, from your earlier answers that uh, allocating developer resources towards the FVM has become somewhat of a, a priority for you guys?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So now a lot of the research has been done. So now the engineering work is, is what's going on now. So of course there's still like, you know, research going on, um, you know, as I kind of talked about, but there's also engineering work that's beginning. It's taken taken quite a while to figure out a series of solutions to these problems, but I think we're finally there. You know, it took a while to identify the problems, um, but that's done and then to find the solutions. I think that's mostly done. So now it's about like engineering.
0: Okay, and the next question kind of plays into this as well. I, I seem to recall Andre talking about this at the conference. Uh, this is from broccoli Oder, who says the the blockchain size has been increasing a lot. What solutions are you exploring to solve that issue? Are you considering decentralized storage networks like Arweave?
1: Yeah. So actually, like one of the ideas that we wanted to start exploring was like you know potentially using IPFS or other like decentralized storage solutions, um, on chain as well. Uh, to be honest, that research hasn't really advanced that much, just because we were working on other things. Uh, but in terms of storage, what we're mainly working on is testing the SnapSync solution. So we had to do uh, quite a lot of um, uh, 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 work implementing a SnapSync solution um, because the way that Ethereum does SnapSync is like very different from the way like SnapSync would work uh, for like he says. So we've had to do things like uh, construct our own like algorithms that, that we call like the Lactis, um Light Repeater or that Eagle calls it OOR. And so that's a big component of SnapSync. But I hope SnapSync comes very soon because um, there'll be like dynamic state pruning and there'll be SnapSync. And that should should solve um, a lot of the um, the block size issues without cut down on the amount of data that's been stored via the MBT. Make a should try. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Let's keep it going here. Does anyone else want to chime in on that? Did we uh, did we hammer that one out? All right, we got there. We got there. Okay, cool. Sorry, I was trying to go through the comments and uh, while you were answering and I don't multitask very well, I'm like a squirrel. Sure. So, all right. So <laughs> the next Squirrels. one is from uh, <laughs> user JJB. Good, who says, uh, do you believe having, uh, I think we talked about this earlier, such a kind and supportive community is an important aspect for the ecosystem. Rhetorical question there, I think. Uh, if yes, do you have any strategy to keep it this way?
3: I'd say yes. Um, the community, uh, I've got who said it before, but the community uh, helps us a lot when we're talking to different um, companies around the world because they see us and they, they, that's one of the things they've highlighted it and they've said, you know, we really like Phantom because of the community. So, you know, really helps us when we're out there um, talking with different stakeholders. Um, the, the way I think we keep it is we, we don't try to be too selective. So with the incentive programs, it's all metric-based. I mean, you, you hit the certain target, you get the reward, it doesn't matter whether you're friends with the foundation or you're not, or whether we get along. It's just, you know, if you can achieve this, you get it. So I think encouraging that kind of fair ecosystem is something that we really push, and and it's starting to show now where, where we have a pretty cool and crazy community uh, that that that's awesome to see. Yeah,
2: and I know Simone's got thoughts as well, but I was just going to say what, you know, to Sam's point, we are talking to these different companies, they're trying to make decisions between chains and the authenticity of that community is really important to them because they know if they partner up with a chain that essentially just, you know, to use Andre's phrasing, like, you know, are a bunch of locusts that are just there for, you know, some short term uh, gains and then they're gone. It's not going to basically sell very well with their own customer base. So it's super important for us and we deeply value our community and then, on top of it, like Sam was saying, I think how we continue it is kind of doing the same things we're doing. I mean, I would point to the incentive program, like Sam was kind of saying, is that that really is a meritocracy at the end of the day. It's not based on any sort of nepotism or connections or anything like that. You do the work, you've got the TVL, whatever the metric is, come in. You know, So it, it's really very open that way. So we just have to kind of you know never play favorites, basically.
4: Yeah, and I, and I would add that that's actually that, that there shouldn't really be a strategy for us to to keep the community that way because that's the so the community really uh, formed and grew up uh, organically and that's what where, where really resonates with a lot of the people that we're talking to. So uh, other um, other chains are actually trying to replicate. Uh, what we do, and I know specifically what you, uh, what Austin, you're doing with FTM alerts is such an amazing, amazing job that you know others are trying to replicate it, but you know sort of guiding it and sort of non-organically, and that's not going to happen. So I always say this: for as much as I would, I would love personally to support you, uh, you know, support FTM alerts in a more official manner. I really do think that this sort of independent. Way that ftm alerts operates and also other you know other influencers other uh key players in the phantom community and phantom ecosystem it's is actually the strength of the phantom community itself
0: yeah i don't think the community realizes you guys definitely don't want me affiliated like i am i definitely say stuff that does not reflect well like if i had some sort of phantom foundation tag behind my name it wouldn't be for very long, I can assure you that. But I, I want to point out that, that, so on the one hand, we've got people complaining that uh, traditional marketing isn't happening like other layer ones. But I think what people miss is that because, because we're playing the long game, right? And the foundation of the community understands that the long game is what's being played here. I think that is a massive component to the way that our community operates. And that we have this foundation of OG phantom holders that have been around for a long time. They understand what we're driving at. And that's the willingness to help one another. We don't have these wild swings and, and people joining the community and then dropping out of the community and that sort of thing that you might see with other you know, money incentives or, you know, we've got a marketing push coming up and then now they're gone, you know, that sort of thing. So it's a little bit more sticky in that regards. All right, so this one has to do uh, with any swap and, you know, naturally we get new people wanting to come over to phantom and of course they assume they have to bridge the native token uh, which is problematic because we do have a liquidity issue in the AnySwap wallets. So does the foundation have a plan to solve the liquidity issue when bridging phantom from other chains to opera? I know this was one that we did on our last AMA as well, which you guys, you know, pretty quickly thereafter solved it and now it's gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I can kind of answer that question. So the reason why the issue occurs is because there's an imbalance between their exchanges and any swap as to like where um, uh, Mainnet FTM is. So there's a kind of a consequence um, of having like, you know, FTM ERC 20 out there and um, which, you know, we might want to consider like retiring or doing a a hard token swap in the future, But the reason why we kept like the FTM ERC-20 was basically for like liquidity issues, right? Um, Because it would have been very hard when uh, Mainnet FTM came out to force everybody to do a token swap. And then, you know, what are the exchanges going to do? The exchanges would have to quickly support uh, Mainnet FTM, which requires some work and and reliance on their part, which could have been like very disruptive for us. That's why we still have the FTM ERC-20. That being said, like what we kind of do in the foundation is... um, um, you know, uh, basically like reroute like mainnet FTM. So we've got like yeah you know, ERC, ERC twenty FTM. We swap it out for mainnet FTM when it changes, and like um provide the liquidity to any swap. And so that's what we have been continuously doing. So I think a lot of it's like a rebalancing act. And I think um a big consequence of um um kind of like the growth in Phantom is this is this kind of problem, which you know definitely is an issue. But it shows that a lot of people want to use FTM on the net- network, which is why. For some reason, some people have been holding off FTM ERC20. Now they want to sort that to FTM mainnet so they can start using the ecosystem. So that's that's really what's going on here. And so we're are constantly trying to provide liquidity to the bridge. Um, and we're trying to do that as as best as possible. So it's,
4: it's um, worth, just, to, it, it's worth do do I to jump also, yeah, Yeah, it's worth mentioning. Um, that any swap actually the the rather thing that any swap did, Mike, uh, so that people can oh, actually yeah. use any swap. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you want to talk about it a more?
4: Sure. Yeah, yeah. So instead of use of <laughs> since there's some you know there's liquid there are liquidity issues right now. Instead of using multi chain, instead of using Spooky or Spirit, you know, to bridge uh, your FTM from Ethereum to Phantom, you can actually do it through any swap. And if you do it through any swap, you're going to use the router instead of that sort of direct uh, swap that, that the other uh, bridges are using. That uh, the way that it works is that if there is liquidity, then you're going to get mainnet FTM on the FTM network. If there's no liquidity, then you're going to get any FTM, and with that any FTM token, you can just bridge it back to Ethereum. So you're not at least you're not stuck, you know, waiting for liquidity to come in. So that's a good, you know, sort of temporary workaround. I mean, it's not a fix, but, you know, again, to repeat, if there's liquidity, you're going to get FTM on mainnet. If there's no liquidity, you're going to get any FTM token that, if you want, you can bridge back to Ethereum and, you know, have your uh, ERC-20 FTM.
0: Perfect. And Michael, when you were answering, uh, you had mentioned that you were sending ERC-20 over to exchanges and pulling out phantom mainnet. Uh which obviously, you know, with Binance uh very regularly suspending withdrawals uh to FTM Mainnet. Uh, it got me curious whether or not that has an effect also on the uh uh the refunding of, of Opera Mainnet Phantom.
1: So the reason why um um uh basically the Binance Exchange gets suspended like quite regularly is because um some technical issues that they're having. Um so we so so our development team is is working with their development team to try and solve those technical issues. Um, I know people say all sorts of things. Um, a lot of it's not true. So I can tell you right now hundred percent that there are technical issues um, like uh, um uh, DevOps issues, and so we're we're helping them solve that.
0: Perfect, okay. Moving on, so Jack999 says, uh, can you give us an update on the Tajikistan story and what, if anything, happened there? So I think everyone probably remembers the news was released and uh, then more news was released, but not from Phantom, uh, on the, the Tajikistan, I think it was the National Bank, or I don't remember exactly what website, but some, something went a little bit weird there. Uh, would anyone mind chiming in on, on that story and what happened?
3: Sure. Um, yeah, I can. I can give a crack, and then maybe Mike can follow up. Um, so I'd say it's still ongoing uh, to a degree. Um, we did sign with the, with a the local bank there called Orion Bank uh, for the test pilot CBDC program there, um, and we did meet uh, with with the central bank, and we discussed uh, you know the central bank uh, digital currency projects. Um, but due to I'd say multiple moving parts on both sides, it, it came down to miscommunication. Um, and hopefully we'll have that resolved uh, very soon and come to an understanding with with everybody involved. Um, but until then, you know, we're doing some pretty cool striding um, enterprising things, I'd say. So um, down to uh, in the Afghanistan region, we had a blockchain tracker that tracked the 80,000 uh, pharmaceutical products from India to Afghanistan. Um, and we're looking now to open source uh, the blockchain API tracker so that any enterprise looking to utilize that can just uh, go ahead and deploy on phantom uh, for free and just use those uh, use that technology so I think that's super cool and a shout out to Jonathan Z who's been uh, asking for this uh, for quite some time uh, we're still we're still working on it and it should be deployed pretty soon um, so that's super cool to see because there's quite a lot of um, demand for this kind of technology and the fact that we can just open source it, means that all companies from around the world can just try blockchain tech without having to pay for it, um, obviously, the transaction fees and whatnot. But still, it's it's going to be quite a cool way of getting adoption on our network uh, from more uh, enterprise approach rather than just retail. Sorry, a bit off topic at the end there, but uh, another thing. Yeah.
0: No, I think you nailed it, Sam. I love it. Thank you so much for doing that, man. Um, anyone else want to chime in on that before we move on? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, so the next one comes from Fabrizio Pirata. How did you, Simone? Did I say that? I probably screwed that up. Terribly. Really okay, really I'm, t- yes, yes. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop trying to be weird. No, no, uh, it sounded good. Uh, okay, so is there a plan to control gas prices as the price of phantom increases, and will the FEM solve this potential issue?
1: It, yes, it should go like a long way in helping to solve the issue because the reason why gas prices go up and it's the same thing, say, on Avalanche, right, is because um, both our chain and Avalanche have artificially capped how much gas can be issued to network per second. And the reason why is because of um, the issues related to the growth in the chain. So once we have um, for sample snap sync in, um, I'm uh, dramatically, like, decreasing the size of... Um, of the nodes that you have to run in order to confirm transactions then we should be able to increase the gas uh, per second overall for the network and the gas price is, is 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 um is related to supply and demand right so the 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 the, uh, the demand is like how much like how many people want to use the network or more specifically like how much computational power do people want to use from the network versus um, how much computational power can be supplied by the network. In other words, like level of network throughput. And not, um, in simple terms, it's scalability. So everything we do in terms of scalability, in terms of improving, improving core consensus, improving the middleware, um, the, the, the read write access speed, anything that improves scalability improves the supply of, 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 of computation, computational power to the network, which means that gas prices, everything else being equal, will go down because more people can do more transactions at a faster rate at, at, at a lower cost. That that That's really the economics behind how gas prices work. So the immediate step for us is to implement SnapSync so we can significantly raise the gas per second. And then future um, issues uh, related to um, uh, data size and scalability or uh, what we're working on to make um, uh, the ABFT uh, much more scalable.
0: Wonderful, thank you so much, Michael. Uh,
1: so the next question,
0: <clears throat> another one from Broccoli Odor says, do you think Phantom is sufficiently uh, decentralized at the moment? I do recall this being a, a conversational topic in Abu Dhabi uh, about how you know it's kind of to the benefit of the network to, sorry, I left, left, left you up there, Michael, didn't mean to do that. Uh, it's kind of the benefit to the network to scale slowly uh, due to this being experimental technology. Would anyone like to, to touch on that?
1: Yeah, um, if, I can, if I can just quickly say like, I, I think we can run like 200 to 300 nodes, in my opinion, actually like relatively comfortably with the current technology stack. Um, but you know, in the end, it's up to like, um, for example, like um, uh, the voters um, uh, in terms of like changing the minimum staking requirements, what, what level they want to set there, because obviously the lower requirement, the, the, the easier it will be for people to deploy validators. But I think that work can actually hold support like 200, 300 right now, um, is my opinion. So my personal opinion is I don't think Phantom is sufficiently decentralized at the moment, um, and so I would like it to reach at least you know the three digits of nodes. And there's no right or wrong answer in terms of like how much how much decentralization you know should we have in the end. It's all it's it's a bit subjective in the end. And my subjective opinion is it needs to be in the three-digit number of validators. And like all the work regarding scalability helps us get to there as well, so still having like great performance while having an increase in the number of nodes
3: Excellent. anyone else want to jump in on that? I'd say that's um that, that I'd say that's pretty correct and and I mean we don't have a majority vote on any of the governance pro- like proposals so we don't have any you know it's not centralized by us and we don't have a, a say in what's deployed on the network. You know, we can't say you can deploy that. You can't deploy that. I mean, I'd say uh, right now we are fairly decentralized, but yeah, we'd love to see more validators.
1: Yeah. I actually just add on what Sam mentioned, like, you know, decentralization comes in like several forms. So one mm-hmm. is obviously, um, you know, the, the number of like validators on the network, but there are other like forms of decentralization as well. So, you know, with Anthem it's open source, it's permissionless, it's leaderless. Anybody that means that anybody can join and leave the network at any point in time. Anybody can set up a validator so long as they conform with like the minimum network requirements. Um, so there's no like centralized organization or foundation or group of individuals or cartel or or um, you know um, a committee that like controls nodes or is a gatekeeper in terms of nodes. So in that sense, you know, the platform is out there and it is decentralized because anybody can join and leave. And do whatever they want to network and participate in it, and in, in in any way that they see fit. So in that sense, it is like we have achieved our aim in terms of decentralization. But on in other in in another sense, in terms of like validators, I, I would say we still have a bit of a way to go. Okay, all right. So the next question
0: uh, is in regards to the F wallet, <clears throat> and it's a long one. It says it was mentioned before that the F wallet would have some additional features. Being implemented in uh, Q3 of this year. What's happening with the F Wallet update? Is that still a priority? Who wants that one?
1: I'm tell- I need that cricket. Do tap. you, do you oh. want to talk about it, a bit, or I can I, I can answer it
4: as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll start, and then uh, and then you can uh, you can go in. So, uh, yes. So the F Wallet is still the, the uh, let's say the new updated updated version of the wallet is still uh, being worked on, of course. Uh, we had to pause the development on the wallet to work on Arteon you know, after the unfortunate, you know, release with uh, with some bugs. So we shifted uh, all the development resources that were focusing on uh, on the wallet to Arteon for a couple of months, and uh, now we're slowly bringing it back to to the wallet. And uh, yeah, I don't want to give any timeline, but we're not too uh, too far from from the from the release now. Uh, there's gonna there are gonna be some changes to what we previously said and specifically um we're very likely not gonna have the the lending implemented in the wallet at least at the beginning because we you know we decided that it's actually better not to do so and the reason is quite simple we don't want to um, give uh let's say f- plain favorites you know with one, Landing protocol over another, and implementing or aggregating multiple uh, landing protocols—it's actually a huge uh, amount of work that it's uh, that is not necessary. So uh, the wallet will be new and revamped for, for sure, uh, and it will include the Dex aggregator feature. And as a user, you will be able to choose—you know—your favorite Dex aggregator. You know, you will have your option to decide which aggregator you want to use. Um, yeah. So I would say. Uh, that's pretty much it. What uh, What do you think, Michael? Did I Did I miss something?
1: Yeah, there's um, so there's a few things that um are uh, being finalized. One is ledger support, and two is some modifications to way like uh the, the, of the US experience, UX uh, experience for governance. And the third one is that De- DeFi functionality. So those are the three tasks that are remaining. Everything else is um is pretty much done.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Wonderful.
0: Anyone else want to jump in before we move on? Okay. All right. Let's keep it going. So uh, user Jor, Jor or your, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, says some projects have already received the incentives for the developer program. Would it be possible to get some sort of a dashboard for more transparency to see which projects have received it?
4: Yeah, this is a great idea actually. I, I, I really like it. I can give you some numbers in the meantime, since we don't have a dashboard. I don't have the latest, latest updated numbers, but I believe that so far around 20 teams have received incentive rewards and uh, for a total amount of around $20 million equivalent. So more than, you know, more than 10 million uh, FTM in just, uh, you know, two months, pretty much. So that's, you know, it's, pretty good. But I agree. Absolutely. We, we definitely want to make that more transparent and public because I think it's uh, it's totally fair for, you know, it, it's not hidden information. So it should be like, it should be that way.
3: Just don't make it a, um, don't make it a spreadsheet and share it. Don't um, <laughs> <they'll> destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to
0: do, I used to send gas manually, like what seems like ages ago, man. And it was, it was the same sort of deal. It was, Absolutely not, It would get destroyed about once an hour. All right, let's keep going. So uh, Aiden asks, and we may have touched on this already, but uh, we all know Aiden, he's an awesome community member, so I want to get his question in there. Is the foundation planning to decrease the supply at some point for FUSD like Terra Luna approach? Uh, did you guys, you guys understand the question he's asking there?
1: Yeah, I think I do. Um, we, we don't really have those plans um, at the moment. Yeah, it's not something that we've discussed. But if someone like has ideas like that or something else, and you know, more more than happy to try and explore it and for people to discuss it um, you know, in Discord or other forums. Wonderful.
0: All right. And we are getting to the end. Oh, there's one more question that I thought was was pretty cool, actually. And what it says is The community is full of very smart and plugged in people who make great suggestions. Would it be possible to set up a community suggestions portal? Uh, Even one good suggestion would make it worthwhile. Is that something that that could be pulled off?
4: Yeah. Just So just to remind everyone, we do have a community suggestion channel in the, the official Phantom Discord. So that's... A way to uh to send us suggestions, of course. And the more, you know, I mean yeah. a portal, yes, but it, it also requires quite a bit of work to build and maintain. So, yeah. you know, if yeah.
1: Yeah. Although I think Simone we were discussing that there are like a few um software tools that are coming out that we might um, you know, use for you know, governance discussions or other sort of discussions as well that we're looking into.
4: Mm-hmm. absolutely uh, that's actually a really good point mike so uh that that ties back to the governance so we noticed that um governance proposals don't uh oftentimes or sometimes they don't really get the necessary attention that they should and this is why people don't have a really good way to discuss about it they, they discuss about those governance proposals so we do have um discord channels for each governance proposal but we noticed that Discord is not the best way to discuss about those. So the best way, you know, looking at other protocols that, you know, have, have done governance from before us. So for example, uh, Sushi, Ave, Yearn, and so on. The best way to discuss about governance proposals is actually to uh, set up a forum. And we're working on that. So there's going to be a forum for, you know, again, to discuss launching governance proposal, you know, upcoming or, you know, ideas and so on. So this is a little bit different, maybe from the community suggestion, but absolutely something worth mentioning uh, that we're, yeah, we're looking looking forward to.
0: And you know, kind of the overall feeling that I'm getting, and whether this is, you know, I don't personally know whether this like permeates throughout the community or it's just a couple of vocal members, is that there are, you know, the community has a desire to feel real connected to the Phantom Foundation, and they're trying to figure out ways. Uh, creative ways to put into place where they can kind of feel like they have a direct line, whether it be the ambassador's suggestion or, you know, the suggestions portal or whatever the case may be. So we got to the end of the questions. Um, I was trying to monitor the chat on the way through and all I saw were people yelling at somebody named Yimsy. So uh, I, I didn't, I really didn't see any like, like good uh, questions that were coming through. Although if, if you didn't, ask a question and i didn't see it i do apologize guys is there anything you guys would like to say before we before we wrap this up i'd like to say
3: i like um Simone's guild idea for for the more community um interaction like if there's lots of guilds that start to build and then there's kind of guild leaders could reach out i guess that's kind of a, a cool structure in a way that that can um help filter out a lot of the noise and really get to the substance um, so maybe that's, that's something to explore. Um, but yeah, that's, that's good ideas, man. Yeah.
0: But could I, we call I mean, it the phantom cartel? Like Mike said, like there's no yeah. cartels. Can we, can we create a cartel? Like, would, can we do that? We love <laughs> Cabal. <laughs>
1: well, oh, 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 let's well, use committee instead of cartel. Shall oh, we say. That's <laughs> a lot friendlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, before we go, I just have like kind of like one request to the community is that, um, if you know anybody or yourself are uh, a developer who's interested in working on you know core development, you know distributed ledger, AVT sort of work um, or like middleware sort of work so databases or virtual machine, um, compiler interpreter work, then you know feel free to reach out to myself and I, I'd like to have a great chat with you because we're actively hiring those people and there's a serious amount of work um, that needs to be done for the long term.
4: Cool.
0: All right, we nailed it. Cool. We nailed it. So um, I, I do, you know, I do want to mention. Hopefully, hopefully, Andre doesn't mind me mentioning this. He was actually planning on being on this stream with us. I just chatted with him on Telegram. He got caught in a uh, phone call that he couldn't get out of. But I do see some people throwing his name up in the chat. So I would just, I just wanted to mention. Maybe he'll be on the next one. Maybe he won't. I don't want to make commitments for him. But um, <laughs> you guys killed it. I think we got through a lot of good questions, and if it's all right with y'all, I'd like to ask that we do this maybe once every six weeks or so, just to kind of reunite the community and introduce anyone that's new to the community to the faces behind Phantom. I think it would be, you know, just a really good, a really good event to put on. Uh, thank you guys all for being there, John. Your internet yeah. connection, man, amazing. Just. <laughs> Incredible! <laughs> this is my greatest I... contribution to this call
2: <laughs> you know and i'm just feeling like you know somewhat remiss in saying too much on this call because all the questions were really technical and i can't hold a candle to technologists like mike but i just wanted to say two things one i hope the community lays off the simone the duck is amazing i support the duck you know to the bitter end and secondly <laughs> like the i'm really wicked excited about the fem work that that Mike and others are working on it—it it truly is a game changer—and uh, hopefully we'll have some other stuff on, sort of the Web two to Web three platforms that S- Sam and I are working on to come out here soon.
3: Hundred percent, and and also yeah. and I think that's a great idea. Maybe, um, you know, two thousand twenty two, some sort of kickstart to the year. We could get to get mm-hmm. together and, and chat about what, what we can um, expect throughout it. Um, and and yeah, I'd like to say another kind of um, thing is—is is the dynamics have changed a lot from from say two years ago, when it's constantly us reaching out and Trying to, um, you know, get see, see where we could work. Um, now it's the other way around where we have, um, you know, so much incoming, so it's you know, it's a growing pain, but it's a good one. So, uh, it's great to see, yeah. and, and I'm super excited to see what 2022 brings us. It's crazy that this year's already ended. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks so much, time for uh, thanks for your time, Austin,
1: for sure. Thank you yeah, guys thanks. as well. Yeah, thanks so much for setting up. Like, I really appreciate you know you you know taking the initiative and you know setting up these amas with us and you know being like a really active part of the community like really i'm actually happy to see kind of the growth um that we've had and you, you're definitely helping us with that as well and uh, so i do like personally appreciate that thanks for saying that mike there's a lot of
0: people involved with ftm alerts a heck of a lot of community members also that are you know, actively working every single day to, to try and drive phantom forward. So on, you know, I don't want to take too much credit in that regards. Um, well, thank you guys all for being here. Let's go ahead and wrap this up, mainly because man, I got to pee really bad. I got to get off the stream. <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks, y'all. My name is Austin with FTM alerts. We will catch y'all on the next live stream. Take care. Mm-hmm. Later, guys.